This is Equipped to Thrive, a podcast presented by Providence Christian Academy, where we explore how we partner with families to equip students to thrive and to influence for Christ in a world that needs to know Him. Each week here at Providence, our students take part in a worship and teaching service on Wednesdays. Our high school students take part in something called AXIS, that's for 8th through 12th grade. Uh, middle school has a service called IMPACT, that's for 5th through 7th grade. And our elementary, K through 4th grade, have something we call CHAPEL. Today's conversation will cover the services for our lower grades, our elementary and our middle school, and dive deep into the heart behind those services, what those services look like, uh, and talk about the fact that they're not only a great time for worship and teaching uh, for our students, but really a great chance to experience community together. So let's get started. So today I'm joined by two individuals who play a big part in our K through four chapel service and our middle school impact service. And that's Mandy Chapman and Paul Taylor Smith. Uh, thanks you guys for being on today. Thanks for having us. Absolutely, Stephen. Thank you. So before we get into our conversation about kind of the heart behind these services, uh, give me just a brief uh, bio of who you are and, and what your role is here at Providence. So my background is I actually came to Providence right out of college and taught third grade. And from there, I ended up teaching in public school and a few other things, been home with our boys. We have four boys and actually came back to Providence five years ago to help coordinate chapel and impact. So I've really enjoyed doing that the past five years. Great. Paul? That's incredible. That was five years ago, huh? Because that was time. my first first year, yeah, at Providence. We came so, together. Yeah, um, I got a phone call from uh, a crazy guy named Sean Chapman about five years ago, and he he said, "Hey, I'd love for you to help us rethink and dream about these impact and chapel services, about how to bring a whole new freshness and um, excitement for Jesus," and and so. That was, yeah, that was a little over five years ago, and we're in our fifth year here. Um, I'm in my fifth year serving at Providence, um, and it has been a wild ride. One of the coolest places I've ever gotten to serve. I will go on record and say that. Oh, that's great to hear. <laughs> and Paul, you uh, obviously spend a lot of time leading worship. You have recorded songs. You had a, you've been involved in worship and... and uh, yeah, absolutely. For a long time. Well, great. Well, great. It's great to have you as a part of this. Thank you, Stephen. So to get us started in our, this conversation about these services, uh, I wanted to read, this is a description that we have on our website of Chapel and Impact. And I thought this would set the stage well for our conversation. Um, and it says, the intent behind Chapel and Impact is to shepherd a worshiping community, not just a worship experience. We believe children aren't just a church of tomorrow. They are the church of today and that they can engage in meaningful worship and understand truthful teaching, even in the youngest grades. These services are one more way for them to experience God's love and truth and to see the gifts that God has given them as a way to serve him and others. I think that is a great encapsulation sure. of what this service, what these services are about. Um, but Mandy, can you speak to the heart that's behind what these services are about? Sure. So five years ago, we said, uh, as we developed that, you know, really the mission at Providence is to see students graduating and going and impacting where they live. We want academic focus. We want all of those things that, that is about a school, but really at Providence, we wanna see 
uh, students impact their communities and be pillars in their communities. And so when we kind of took that back down to what we want chapel and impact to look like, we said, you know, we don't want students just coming in having an experience. There's nothing wrong with a worship experience, but we don't want that to be all that there is, that they're just watching what's mm-hmm. happening on stage. And right. so we developed that word worshiping community because we really felt like it says that we want them active participants and we want them leading and we want them serving and we want them engaged with each other uh, at a different level because we believe that they are capable of that. And when they get that experience, um, they can see that they are part of this larger body of Christ. They don't have to wait till they get to be adults right, to right. to serve. They can start doing that now. You know, when... I went to Christian school my whole life. And when I think back to chapel services that I sat in as a small child um, and compare it to what I see when I am able to come to these services here at Providence, there is a stark difference, right? I mean, back in, back when I was a kid, those services tended to be a little, let's, shall we say, less engaging, sure. dare we say, maybe a little bit boring and so forth. But um, one of the things I've really appreciated about this, and we'll get more into the philosophy of ministry about it in a moment, is just the, the creativity and the intentionality behind what those services are like right. and the experience that those kids have. Um, there is a, I know there's a lot of planning, a lot of prayer and time put into making these services meaningful and u- and useful for these for our students. Um, and so I thank you for that, by the way, speaking <laughs> as a dad, I know well, you guys work team, hard. It's a team effort. It is. I know you've got a You've got an army of people behind you that make it make it all happen. Yeah. Um, but so for someone who's never been to an impact or chapel service, uh, describe what that would look like if they were to come. Man, well, absolutely. Um, I think the first thing that I that I think of when I think of chapel and impact services um, would be the word fun, and it's kind of counter to the way that you just described it, Stephen. Because where I'm from, I grew up. Um, around some public schools, some private schools. And just candidly, the private schools in our area were not known for spiritual formation because the things that they did surrounding Christ were just simply not fun um, and didn't seem too intentional. Um, And that's the exact opposite of what I experience here. Everything has a reason. Everything has an intention. um, Everything has a motive. And it's very clear. So when students enter into the services, it's not just, hey, enter solemnly and have your head hung low. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, come in, we're actually having a party and we want you to join that party. Mm -hmm. So there's loud music, people are dancing, people are like holding up their tribe uh, posters and things like that. And everyone is just rallying around this idea that, hey, we're about to have the most amazing next hour together. So come in, get excited, get ready. And that'll be followed by um, you, typically a host beginning with, hey, this is what we're going to be experiencing this morning. We're going to have a message. We're going to have worship. But first, we're going to have a game. Who wants to come up and play the game? You'll have several students on stage many times laughing, having tons of fun. And then um, the communicator typically comes and shares um shares uh, from the content that's being created all throughout the year. Um, And there are really, really cool things that we're walking through um, right now, even, and I've gotten to teach a few of those topics. Um, But then those, those moments will be followed by worship. And we don't really have a specific flow that we match every single week after mm-hmm. week. Um, we want one thing to be consistent, and that is um, that it's 
excellent and fun and engaging um, and Jesus-centered. I mean, other than that, everything else is subject to change. Right. Um, so you don't have to start fast. You don't have to start slow. You don't have to start in any specific way that you think is the recipe for success. But we always um, begin to end around, I mean, eight, 8.55 or so if we're starting at 8 and then we leave the students with a with a charge, and um, it's just really cool to see all of that in the one hour work together to create what I would consider mine and the students' best hour of their entire week. Yeah, and one of the things Paul always says the student to the students is, "In the presence of the Lord, there mm-hmm. is fullness of mm-hmm. joy." So yeah. we're not just doing this to have fun; we are doing that because we are called to be a joyful people, uh, which I think is so helpful for them to understand the why behind that. So, Paul, you you've led worship in a lot of different venues, right? Uh, with sure. adults and with children. Um, something that I'm struck with when I'm when I'm in those services is seeing children worship with mm. such energy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it really affects me as an adult because it's yeah. almost instructive in some ways because sometimes as, as adults, we can be a little less demonstrative in the way that we worship or we may feel a little subdued, you know, or not willing to sort of enter into that. But, you know, the energy with, that these kids have is really something. Amazing. Can you speak to, you know, what is when we think about students worshiping together and think, and, and remember, these are classmates. These are, these are the same people they're sitting in math class with, or, you know, at recess with, they're worshiping together. Um, what's, what's, can be, what can be special about young people worshiping together in that environment? Mm, you're hitting on something really cool. So here's something that I've noticed myself doing over the past 10 years of, as I've served in children's worship capacities. And that is not just defaulting to, just the children's worship songs of like Jesus is my superhero, let's put on a cape and fly around, you know, or right. like let's go on the salvation roller coaster or whatever. Those things can be cool for certain purposes at certain places. But for me, um, I love to present students, whether they're elementary age, middle school age, or high schoolers, um, with the same songs that grown ups sing, just mm-hmm. in a way that's more catered to them singing them. Mm-hmm. So let's take. 10,000 Reasons by Matt Redman, for example. We sing that in our chapel services and I can step back and listen as they just sing their hearts out. And not only does it impact the students, the you know, K through seven, um, it, it impacts the adults and I can have kind of some space to speak into the lives of the students, the adults, and everyone in between. Um, and I think one of the coolest things that you're getting into about seeing classmates worship beside and around one another um, is this this unity idea. Mm-hmm. And um, I was gonna share a little bit about this at the start, but it feels like the right time to now. Uh, about four or five years ago, my wife and I started um, a ministry called Forever Free, and we've just recently adopted our set of core values um, basically the values that we want to live by for the rest of our lives. And um, one of those values is this unity value that states that we're, uh, we're aiming at oneness over sameness. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can see a, a bunch of people, and in this case, a bunch of students, become completely unified by becoming one. Um, but the coolest part about it is when you look around, nobody's the same. Um, and the beautiful thing is whether whether it's the upbringing that was different or the color of their skin that was different, boys and girls worshiping beside each other, that's different. Um, stylistically, how people posture themselves in worship, that's all different. Yet, every voice gathered together 
under one roof for one name is a really, really, really beautiful thing. And I, I believe that in that, God's honored by our oneness, mm. which is a prayer that Jesus prayed in the garden in John 17, that the believers would be unified as one um, and not necessarily looking the same. So I used to think that, mm. man, worship occurred in one way. You know, like you have right. to look this way in order to worship. You have to hold your face in a certain, you know, like and and do your hands or whatever. Um, but no, as long as your eyes are fixed on Jesus and you're making much of who he is and what he's done, that's worship. Um, and so that's the beautiful thing I think about Providence. That's great. Good. That's great. And, and again, just imagining this with elementary kids, right? Sure. And again, when I think of corporate corporate worship or unity, I'm immediately imagining what I experience as an adult in a big church service. But sure. part of what's really unique and, and special about Impact and Chapel is these are elementary and middle school kids who are able to experience that unity together yes. at school with yes. their classmates. Even alongside adults, yeah, which yeah. to that's me right. is the craziest yeah. thing. They can actually look across the room. And see and their teacher worshiping. Yeah. yeah. And, and not consider them in that moment just their teacher, but maybe, hey, that's my sister in Christ, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which yeah, is a whole good. new world and yeah. it's awesome. That's really good, that's really good. You know, uh, uh, switching gears a little bit here, another element of, of these services that I think is so great is the student involvement that it allows for. Um, you know, we, uh, we have students that are on stage helping to MC. There, we have students sitting in the production booth helping to run lights yeah. and sound and uh, click through media. Mm -hmm. uh, Mandy, that's something you've been you've done so well is is just creating opportunities for these kids to not just participate in the service but to help to lead it. Can you talk more about what those roles are and sure. and why that's important? So this kind of goes back to our whole idea of a worshiping community, wanting students to participate and not just come have an experience. And so we have developed different teams in kindergarten through fourth grade in chapel. Uh, there's six different teams students can participate on. And then in fifth through seventh grade, uh, we have over 70 of our students signed up on one of the eight teams. And that's wow. a year commitment that they serve on that team. It's everything from a hospitality team where they greet people coming in, they get Paul water. Let's go. <laughs> they take that very seriously because <laughs> we uh, try to explain to them that that is part of being the community, being part of impact. It's not just our job to put on this production for them. They can participate actively um, back to what we we want to see graduates when they graduate Providence. We want to see them going into their churches, into their communities, able to actively participate, not just sit back. So we've developed all these teams. And yes, like you said, Stephen, it's everything from serving in the sound booth to prayer teams, to hospitality, to MCs. We have our students MC. And you know, in some ways, would it be easier for adults to do that? It takes energy to invest in them and to give them feedback and to disciple them. Sure, in some ways it would be easier to put adults up there to host, but again, we feel it goes back to this whole idea of developing community, not just an experience. And it's fun to see teachers involved as well, right? Sure. We, they'll get up on stage, they'll, they'll be sure. goofy, they'll be, they'll, they'll, they'll be teaching sometimes. So this is another chance for our students to even see their teachers in a role outside of just instructional yes. and, uh, and be able to be And our staff service. actually leads those teams. Um, by by choice, it's not something we force them into. They volunteer to lead those teams. And so they're meeting with those teams weekly for lunch and building relationships outside the classroom, which we feel is really important as well. When you think back over uh, Chapel and Impact over the last few years, is there a, is there a story that 
you'd like to tell or a moment that you remember experiencing or something that you saw happen that really uh, affected you? So I, I can go first, Paul, and then you may Ladies have- Ladies first, <laughs> always take Mine it. is just recently, actually. Um, I've had a lot of stories I could pull from, but my favorite one recently is in chapel, when the kids come in, we sing this, uh, we sing kind of what we call a welcoming song together that they all participate in. And we do it in sign language. And after one week, a little third grade girl came up to me whose parents are both deaf. And she said, Mrs. Chapman, can I show you how to do people correctly in sign language? Cause you're not doing it exactly right. <laughs> and it, it just made me cheer up. And I said, absolutely, please show me. And then she said to me, this is, this is the part that I love. Can I start helping you? be on stage and signing with you. And I said, yes. She said, can we meet at recess? Can, can you send me the songs home so I can prepare? And from there, it's grown to where she brings friends up with her and we sign together before chapel starts. But for me, that was that moment where if we had an experience that students walked into, that would not be possible, right? That, that the stage would not be set for students to be able to input, to give their thoughts, to give, I, this didn't go exactly right. Could I help out with this? But when you're creating a community, you open up opportunities like that. So now she feels part, she feels valued on something she brings, which is sign language. Uh, and she feels she can contribute to this community in a very real way. And she, it isn't, she just feels it. She does because she is a fluent, that's what she speaks at home yeah. with her two deaf parents. So that's been one of my favorite, uh, just students saying, I wanna be part of this. Can I be part of this? To me, that's what it's, that's what it's all about. Yeah, um, I've, I've loved seeing the stories of students uh, who have participated and grown so much. I mean, one quick one is a good friend of mine, who I work with at my home church. He's a production professional, literally so good at everything. Um, his little sister um, was on the production team last year. Um, and I don't know of any other place where uh, a sixth or seventh grade girl would have an outlet to um, both, you know, spin knobs and push faders on a soundboard and have the license to fail right. um, and grow <laughs> in that way. But seeing her, you know, at the church and even at some summer camps with her brother outside of that avenue, I just saw her as such more of a confident person because of the opportunities mm -hmm. she's been given here. And um, I think of it in this way, that I, I feel like Providence and the chapel services gives students the freedom to fail right. um, and redefining what failure even means. And I've, I guess I've began to think of it this way, that giving students the freedom to fail also gives them the strength to succeed um, because then they can rebrand what it even means to fail as just one step closer to being able to do it all in the, in the best way. So, um, so that, that's one story. Uh, real quick, another story that doesn't quite have to do with giving students um, you know, a, a clear soundstage to, you know, to operate a piece of equipment or anything. But one of my favorite moments in the past five years of, um, of our chapel services actually happened last, uh, last Wednesday. Um, my father had just had a heart attack three days prior, um, and he was miraculously okay somehow, um, working on a road to recovery and things like that. But I had taught a new song and uh, the week before, and the song 
the chorus says, Father, your heart is good, and it always will be. Um, and the uncanny nature of those two things happening, that song about a heart being good, and then my father's heart attack happening. So the following week, we sang the song. I got so emotional that I could hardly sing the chorus. And so I stepped away from the mic, and I heard the roars mm-hmm. of hundreds of little kids just mm-hmm. lifting up this chorus and almost like it, exalting God, but also carrying mm-hmm. me through that moment. Right. And it right. was just something I'll never forget. Um, so One of the things Paul does so well is um, we actually developed an award. We give it the, the end of the year called the Paul Smith Award because you know one of his main values is he wants to invest off the stage and not just on the stage. What's what's the saying you say with that? Yeah, that um, that your availability off yeah. stage impacts your credibility yes, on stage. Yes, and so one thing we just appreciate about him is that these kids are hearing about his heartache the week before, uh, walking through it with his dad. He is not just up there leading songs. Um, right. He's high-fiving after. He's Kids are coming back to pray over him, you know, before, and it's not, no, I got to eat my breakfast. I got to work on my computer. It's, <laughs> it's welcomed. Right. And they really feel like they're in this with him, uh, which is really powerful for them to be taught that way. Well, just one more question uh, before we wrap up. What is it that you hope students take away from them as they experience chapel as they experience impact, whether it's walking out of a service on a single day or at the end of a school year having experienced it, what is something that you hope that they take with them from being in those, in those environments? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll take this one first and then I will let you do the ultimate end, Mrs. Chapman. Um, so something I noticed myself praying over the students almost every Wednesday after the chapel services is the simple prayer uh, to ask God to remind us that we're not alone because he's called us his sons and his daughters. Um, And if we can hang on to the truth that God is with us in the journey of life, then we have the ability to choose freedom over fear and to choose God over everything. Um, Because at the end of the day, the choice is ours to give our trust to Jesus or to withhold it into other things that don't deserve our trust. And so the more we can speak into the students uh, of who they are and who God is, um, then I believe the more they'll be set free to trust Jesus with their life, with their actual life and the steps that they take. So that's that's what I hope the students, whether they're in kindergarten or in seventh or eighth grade, that they go on to believe for the rest of their lives. That's really good. Mine has to do with just this whole idea that they can be part of a worshiping community. It kind of goes back to that whole idea. They don't have to sit. They don't have to wait till access. They don't have to wait to be part of a local body. I would love them leaving chapel and leaving impact knowing I can participate. I, I can have a voice. Um, I am part of the body of Christ. And that means I have things to bring now. It's not a, it's not a wait till I'm trained. It's not a wait till I have it all together. I have creativity God has gifted me with now. Now, um, that's really my heart and my passion. Is is students will will be able to grasp their part uh, in the body of Christ, even as as children. Well, I appreciate both of you offering Absolutely. your perspective yes, on this. Thank you, and I I thank you both for the hard work you put into making this a really meaningful time for these students and being open to what the Lord uh, is telling you and and just putting out the hard work to to make sure that, uh, that our kids. Um, that it's just a really great time for them and that 
uh, they're experiencing what you already described. So thanks, thanks, thanks so much. Thanks for Easton. having us. You've been listening to Equip to Thrive, a podcast presented by Providence Christian Academy. Our sound engineer is Brian Hansen. Brian also composed and performed the music you hear on this podcast. We'd also like to say a special thanks to Providence dad, Chris Stone, for helping us to imagine and to launch this program. Thanks a lot, Chris. If you're interested in finding out more about our school, visit our website at www.providencechristianacademy.org. And I'm your host, Stephen Daniels. Thanks for listening.